Welcome to our podcast. Talk to me, sister. I'm Kathy. And I am Sarah. And we are twin sisters documenting our surrogacy journey, discussing women's health, motherhood, and all the details that led us here. Our mission is to not only educate and inform, but to spread joy and hope through our story. Thanks for following along. Hey guys, this is our part two of first trimester. Kathy is going to discuss some prenatal nutrition and what helped her in the first trimester. First trimester, as we all know, can be brutal and a little scary, kind of takes over your body. Um, Although I'm not pregnant this time around, I did have a first trimester with Charlotte. Mm -hmm. They say sometimes when you have a girl, you're more sick. I was deathly ill. Um, I think that started at like 10 weeks for me, maybe nine weeks, but, um, but Kathy talk a little bit about your first trimester with John Ryder, John Ryder. Oh yeah. I forgot we told his name. last. I know I was going to say, we, so this is part two. If you've listened to part one already, we, we, I said the name, um, and we kind of went through just different emotions and how Kathy and I were navigating um, first trimester as a surrogate and then also as an attended parent. But now we're diving into nutrition and prenatals and all the things. So, yeah, I feel like when you hit the first trimester, all of a sudden, immediately you have all of these health interventions that you're like, Oh, I can't eat this. And I can't eat that. And what about exercise? And what about my vitamins? So we're going to cover all that because I was really afraid of the first trimester. Like it's the reason I have not had babies after babies after babies, right? Because it is tough. Um, some people now, if you're like listening to this and you haven't had a baby yet and you're like terrified, some people have a really easy first trimester. Mm -hmm. Some people do not. And we are those people. Yeah. And you were also afraid of the first trimester just because you probably had a lot of anxieties because it's my baby, not yours. Yes. And you wanted to make sure that like he was safe and that you felt good and yes. he stayed protected. Yeah. I was like, that was the thing that I was like, do I want to do that for somebody else? Yeah. Because like the birth part, the pregnancy part, I really love, but the first trimester, you don't feel pregnant. You just feel like poopy. Yeah. <laughs> and and so that was bad. something that I still am trying to wrap my head around the fact that you're doing this for us. It's like, (laughs) I love you so much, but I was also a little nervous that you were going to be like, so sick because then I was going to feel, you know, we already have the twin thing where like, we kind of feel each other's feelings. So I was going to feel like really super bad for you. If you were just like on your face, because you also have your own kids and your own family. And I didn't want that for you. But so. I think it helps. It helps to be busy. It helps to have my own kids and family. Because if you just lay in bed and think about how crappy you feel, then you feel crappy. You yeah. know, it's like a mind thing. Totally. Also, you had like secondary nausea this time with me, didn't you? I really did. That way, it was really crazy. Sarah would text me and be like, this is like the total twin vibe. But she would text total. me and be like, are you, are you nauseous today? Because I'm nauseous. <laughs> well, I was like, do I have coronavirus? Like what's happening to me? And <laughs> yeah. so many times I would wake up and I had a, pregnancy with Charlotte. So I definitely know what it feels like first trimester, um, nausea feels like. And I would, I really did feel that. And then I would eat something and feel better. And I was like, this is super weird. Yeah. 
So yeah, I was really nervous about the first trimester. I, I talked before about how I really prepared this time. So I'm going to tell you guys a couple of things I did to prepare. Let's hear it. So number one, it's, it is the benefit of preparing of IVF is that you kind of can count down that, you know, when you're about to be pregnant, but I take vitamins the entire year. And I do think it's really important to prepare your body for pregnancy, no matter what type of pregnancy you're having. Um, but you just don't want to be deficient. You don't want to be malnourished. So anyway, of course I took all my vitamins. I was taking a prenatal extra vitamin D extra folate, iodine, magnesium, so many and things. I'm trying to think of what else I'm sure there's something else. I think a baby aspirin anyway. So I just was religiously taking my vitamins. I went ahead and ordered nausea bands off Amazon. Did you ever have those? Are those the they look like little sweat bands on yes. your wrist? I never did that. And I should have, because I was as sick as a dog with Charlotte. I had this distinct memory mm-hmm. of, I didn't, I didn't know I was pregnant with Charlotte till I was like nine weeks pregnant. But I remember this distinct memory of riding with my boss to a job, like an OAC meeting or a client meeting with a lot of people. And I was just trying not to vom all over the inside of his porch. Like how bad would that be? (laughs) Um, But I didn't do any of those things. I don't think I knew what to do. Yeah. So I ordered nausea bands. I actually hadn't done that with either of my other pregnancies, but I was, I was like, I'm geared up and ready to be nauseous. So I ordered those. They do, they have a little bump on them and they hit a pressure point on your wrist. Okay. It's like an acupuncture point and it helps with nausea. Now, I don't know if it helped me just to be totally honest, but I wore them. It's like the placebo effect. Maybe, or I would like move them around different pressure point areas on my wrist. But anyway, I went ahead and ordered those. I ordered myself a squatty potty. Now the real thing Wait, is stop it right there. <laughs> One, is this the squatty potty that was on Shark Tank? And two, (laughs) how did this help you? (laughs) Yes. So it is a squatty potty on Shark Tank. And honestly, everybody needs one. (laughs) Pregnant or not? Pregnant or not. Everybody, if you have digestive issues, you need a squatty potty because it puts you in the position of like your digestive tract and bottom and all that stuff in the right position to have a clean out yourself in a healthy way and not push. And it helped me a lot. And this is maybe TMI for people, but I don't really have that like filter. (laughs) At least like there's nothing that's off the table. I'm always like, oh wait, should we say that? People love talking about poop, Sarah. They do. All my clients. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, it's a sign of good health. So maybe it is a sign of good health. Maybe we should do an episode on on digestive health. Yeah. hundred percent. So I ordered a squatty potty because with both of my kids, I had digestive trouble. So with Ruthie, I was like severely constipated. And when you're taking progesterone orally or your body is pregnant, you have extra progesterone. It slows down your digestive tract. So constipation is common, but with Samson, I had the opposite. Mm -hmm. I just like, we got you. We know the opposite. (laughs) You don't have to say how So it was, I just put now, I don't know what was different about them, that it was male and female pregnancy. I have no idea, but it was quite the opposite, but I just wanted to be prepared for that as well. So I like literally ordered all the things. Okay. Um, and I was ready for that. And those were the couple things I got ready in my house for, of course, like my husband was ready. We kind of prepared some foods and things, but my morning sickness starts right off the bat. 
I am usually pretty sick around six weeks, seven weeks. Really? Oh yeah. It started. And I remember at seven weeks, it was the only time in this first trimester that I cried because I thought I'm only seven weeks and I have so So much much longer to feel sick. Like I have so many more weeks ahead of me to feel sick. I felt so bad for you because there were certain times we were together and you were like, your face was like white. I was like, yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah. It's awful. What do I, I, it's so weird. Pregnancy is so different because I didn't know I was pregnant with Charlotte till nine weeks yeah. and I didn't have any of those. I was symptoms. thinking about our friend who didn't find out she was pregnant until she was like 19 weeks or 16. No. Yeah. She was like 17 weeks. I don't know. She's, I, she's probably listening like wanting talking back to us on her yeah yeah we'll have to ask her but it was um, it was late it was late and I'm like full-on I have a belly pregnant and have been through morning sicknesses at some at 17 weeks so something like she didn't even know or she had no idea remember the show when we're in high school I didn't know I was pregnant yeah, I think that's still where there's like the high school. Yeah. Where they were yeah. like, okay, but that's wild to me too. It's like, how do you not have pregnancy symptoms early, early, early? Well, let me tell you the other things that have really, that do help me. And I recommend to patients of mine to help with morning sickness Okay, because there's a lot of other things you can do. And I will say it was a lot easier this time because I was prepared Yeah, and I knew these things just like at a professional level. Mm-hmm. So a couple things can help your morning sickness. Number one, eating frequent meals. You mentioned this just now about your stomach being empty. But one thing we know is that that empty stomach feeling often goes really quickly to that nausea feeling. Mm-hmm. So eating like snacks and small frequent meals and not going too long without eating can help prevent the morning sickness. So you want to avoid an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. And then another reason that helps is you want to keep your blood sugar balanced. So if you're eating smaller, frequent meals and your blood sugar is stable, you're also more likely to feel better. I feel like this is good advice for pregnant or not. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Eat, eat small, frequent meals. I mean, there's benefit too if you're not pregnant of, you know, not eating every moment you're hungry. But the thing about pregnancy is that I felt if I don't get half a bagel in my face in this very moment, yeah. I will vomit everywhere so it's like more it's more like for me it it happens in like instantly hey guys we are excited to share with you our new partnership with your superfoods not only do they have great tasting product but they are on a mission to help improve people's health through the power of plants I fell in love with their superfood and plant protein mixes after I was diagnosed and started my lifestyle change. One of the founders is also a cancer survivor, which is why I came across their story. I make a ton of smoothies and my daughter Charlotte loves them too. Your Superfoods is 100% plant-based, no sweeteners, no soy, no dairy, gluten-free, and non-GMO. So you can purchase with our code sister 15 and you will receive 15% off your purchase any purchase not just your first one so go to yoursuper.com and use the code sister 15 s-i-s-t-e-r 15 for 15% off your order go grab your superfoods what of all the vitamins helped with your nausea the most? Like you listed a bunch, but yes. what? So I'm glad you said that. So none of the vitamins I mentioned actually helped with my nausea. Oh. <laughs> I will say sometimes people do re- complain that 
the prenatals make them more nauseous. I've heard that. So let's talk about that first, because there's certain prenatals that can help if you are feeling nauseous. Um, I find that in the first trimester, do the best you can. Like if there's days you cannot stomach a multi your prenatal, it's fine. That's why you prepare ahead of time and you take your multivitamins ahead of time, your prenatals, so that you have like a full nutrition bank. Cause you will skip days. You will throw up your vitamins some days. And like, I, I don't want people to worry about that. Like yeah. you, you have, you don't have to be perfect every day. Yeah. Um, but I take a seeking health prenatal, like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Such first trimester, one. I did s- switch it up some because all of a sudden I had trouble swallowing pills, right? You just feel nauseous. So there are, there are gummies, the smarty pants gummies have a prenatal of those and those taste better. (laughs) They're like so much easier to get down. The downside is you have to take, you have to eat like six of them, (laughs) but they're gummies. So like, whatever, it's like Charlotte reminds me of Charlotte. She thinks her kids gummies are like candy. So she'll sneak six of them. Yeah. (laughs) I like want to call poison control. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So the gummies kind of go down better. They do have a good amount of sugar. So I usually recommend that you don't stay on those the whole time, but they are really great in that first trimester. If you're nauseous, there's a brand called pink stork that I took also during that time because they have a flavor. I got the orange flavor. So like for some reason, it's a really strong orange flavor and it's fresh and citrusy and it just went down easier. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've mentioned seeking health. I love, there's also a prenatal that is honestly the best prenatal in addition to some of the other ones we've mentioned, but it's called full circle prenatal in all the prenatals. It has everything you would need. It, you do have to take a lot. You have to take like eight supplements a day. Okay. So it's definitely one of those that you want to, if you can't swallow them, it's a great option for preconception or like second trimester or third trimester, which those are some of my favorite prenatals. I was going to say, we should link some of these in the show notes. So the, you know, trying to conceive or already pregnant women can order and look them up. Yeah. Those are my favorite. And if you're like me, if you're nauseous by vitamins, you can just rotate those (laughs) because sometimes like the, the smell of the vitamins bothered me. Mm -hmm. So I would just rotate them in terms of vitamins and stuff for nausea. What helped me the most number one, besides you know, nausea bands and eating frequent meals and things like that at night, taking a mix of B6. Mm-hmm. So B6 is a vitamin that you actually want in a specific form. It's called P5P and seeking health makes one that I purchased and took my whole first trimester. Uh, we will link it in the show notes. So you want to take at night, a mix of B6 and Unisom. Okay. Unisom is over the counter but always ask your doctor, Unisom is made for sleep, like better sleep, but the combination of P of P5P or B6 with Unisom helps with nausea. It is so magic. I mean, I, I I could have just gone about my day like normal and it's what helped me the most. I was going to say, you mentioned that so many times through this first trimester. I feel like it's been like your saving grace. It has been my absolutely saving grace. I took it as a prescription form with Sam when I was pregnant with him the prescription form is called diclegis. Mm-hmm. You can ask your, your, ask your OB about it. It's just a little bit more expensive and you can like make your own combination over the counter for much yeah. cheaper. Um, you mentioned smell just now, and I was really nauseous with Charlotte at first and peppermint oil 
I put a little, I would literally take the peppermint oil around with me at work and put two drops under my nose. Yeah. And it was like my saving grace. I'll never forget. I was like 12 weeks pregnant with Charlotte. Richard had just shot this big deer or this buck and oh, he no. was making deer chili. Mm-mm. And I opened the door from work, came in and I immediately shut the door and left. <laughs> and I texted, <laughs> I texted them and I was like, you left. I literally left to just like drive around. I was like, I love you so much, but I am going to yeah. puke all over our house. Like just open the windows. I can't, but anyway, peppermint oil. Peppermint oil is really helpful. I noticed have you used that this time. Yeah. I'm around? glad you mentioned that. I kind of forgot about it, but especially like, I don't have kids that I change diapers anymore, but sometimes kids, people have their babies back to back. Oh gosh. Yeah. And I, right now I, I, I still wipe Samson's little booty when he goes oh. poopy in the potty. Yeah. And I did have to put peppermint oil in my nose when I was doing <laughs> that. Cause that boy is three years old, but those I, men just poop. They just know how to poop. Yeah. See, Toddler. See, yeah, we're uh, talking about poop a lot on this episode. I didn't okay. anticipate that, but, it's um, but let's talk about food aversions because when I was pregnant with Charlotte, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anything about pregnancy. I didn't know anything about babies, what to do, what not to eat. All I, I think all the nurse told me was stay away from Turkey because mm-hmm. of the salmonella, mm-hmm. but what, what are some like do's and don'ts as far as like what you're supposed to eat in the first trimester? Like what's yeah. harmful, what's good. This is a common question. And I think that number one, I always want to point out that there's a ton of fear that we get because all of a sudden we're like, Oh, it's all in my hands and I'm not supposed to eat this. And what am I not supposed to, like, I get that question from every person who's pregnant that I work with. Like, yeah. what am I supposed to eat? What am I supposed to eat? They say, what am I not supposed to eat? That's what they care but about. But very yeah. rarely do they say, what am I supposed to be eating? Yeah. So it's important to focus so on both baby. of those. Such a good point. In terms of foods that you want to stay away from, yes, deli meat is actually one of them. And um, mainly it's because it can have a foodborne toxin that can make baby very sick. Um, so, and it doesn't, you know, it's, it lives in the t- cold temperature. So it lives in the fridge. Yeah. You can still have a sandwich though. If you want to have deli meat, you can heat it up in the microwave until you hear it pop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah made a gross face. I, mean, I love turkey, but I don't know the, th- the thought of processed turkey in the microwave. Like just warm meat. Like agreed. Feels, I I agree. Feels bad, but I agree. But that continue. is one of the more, that is the one that I do tell people to stay away from, like more of the kind of dangerous ones. Mm-hmm. I do recommend that you also limit cheese dip because even though it's processed, sometimes it can also have that same toxin. No really? That's it though. That like, you don't have a ton of risks. What about just soft cheeses? Like, don't they say stay away from cheese? They do. I'm glad you said that. That is only unpasteurized cheese. And we live in the US of A and all of our cheese is pasteurized. Like, unless you're going to the farmer's market. We live in the US of A. <laughs> like, it, first I'm saying people feel like, oh, I have to avoid all these foods. But every most everything we eat has been through some form of like heat process, like pasteurization and that is safe. Except okay. for, I would say deli meat and cheese dip. But cheeses in general are, have been pasteurized. If your cheeses have been pasteurized, they are safe for you to eat. Yeah. And I would say like, just in, in life in general, stay away from processed cheese, like craft singles, <laughs> but otherwise, yes, like, no, but really rich, good cheeses, those like still soft safe. cheeses are good. Like yeah. brie, honestly, like brie, most of the time, if you're buying it, the grocery store is, has still been pasteurized. Yeah. 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 So I'll have brie. I know, but cheese in general, you're safe with, um, I mean, basics, obviously, uh, alcohol, toxic, you know, caffeine, yeah. 
Caffeine is safe. The recommendation is 200 milligrams a day, which is about one cup of coffee a day. So okay. I think people are off, off, cut it out completely. I cut it out completely with one of my pregnancies just because I felt safer and better that way. So it's totally up to you. But if you're a coffee drinker like me and just like have to get through the day, it is studied that yeah. 200 milligrams a day is safe for you and for baby. So for this pregnancy, I've had about a cup a day and sometimes it doesn't taste good. Sometimes it smell the smell of coffee bothers people, but you can definitely have a little bit. I, I would say, do more than that. I'm, I'm a, I used to be a big coffee drinker. I have about one cup a day you know, to this day, but I just did not want coffee. I think yeah. I was just really nauseous and didn't want it. But speaking of alcohol, how strange is it that like in Europe they're drinking throughout their pregnancy? Well, they're not drinking throughout their pregnancy. Like they're definitely have, they're definitely looser with their rules over there. Maybe it, maybe it's they're looser. They're looser. Their rules. I had a friend who yeah. has, you know, a friend, friend of a friend. We don't really say people's names on this, but they live in um, Europe in England, I think. And they were just kind of drinking throughout the, yeah, it's definitely, you know, especially like a glass of red wine and stuff like that. Like it's definitely less frowned upon over in Europe. So, yeah, you know, towards the end of pregnancy, my OB would be like, yeah, just have a glass of wine, chill out. But in the beginning, of course, I'm going to like, yeah, I was like, I would just cut, I mean, with Charlotte, I cut it out completely, but I think some women get more loose, like towards the end of their pregnancy. Yeah. Um, wait, I want to say one more thing about food aversions. Okay. So another thing that doesn't sound good for a lot of people in the first trimester is often like raw fruits and vegetables, you know, like salads, often people like just want carbs in the beginning. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. A lot of, most of the foodborne illnesses that get people in the hospital are not like raw eggs and, you know, fish and things like that. It's actually often like spinach and romaine. So these that aren't washed, they're like E. coli. Yeah. Wash your veggies. Wash your veggies. I have a really good veggie. It's like look like a little scrubber. I mean, you they sell them. You scrub them. Yeah. You scrub your veggies. Rinse your rinse mm-hmm. rinse your because I do a lot of juicing. So like rinse your veggies and your romaine. So, but sometimes it doesn't help. Sometimes even if you wash them, you can get it. So there's a reason, like biologically, why those don't sound good in the first trimester. I think because God made our bodies to say like I just want safe foods. That's a lot of reason why we just want carbs in the first trimester, but also carbs, our blood sugar is a little more unstable in that first trimester. So we do crave carbs for that reason. Give yourself permission to eat all the carbs. Yeah. And, and also like fruits and veggies are safe. I don't want to scare people because you need those if they sound good. Um, but there's a reason sometimes that we have those food aversions. So yes, wash your veggies and listen to your food aversions. If it doesn't sound good. Don't force yourself to choke down a salad. Yeah. And I, I couldn't do veggies in Rome. I couldn't do that stuff at the beginning. I would do like, I wanted to be healthy. So I would do like the smoothies and the yeah, stuff. That's that a good way good. to do it. Um, going back to the alcohol, I feel like we need to do a disclaimer that says, do not drink while you're pregnant. Yeah. Okay. I said it. Um, yeah. Talk to your doctor. <laughs> please do not. Please do not. We need to say that. <laughs> um, I have a question I was thinking about during yeah. the first trimester because with Charlotte, I did not bleed at all, but mm-hmm. I feel like with a few of your pregnancies, if not both of them, you did. Yeah. So this is my curious question. Like is bleeding normal in your first trimester? And if you do, should you call your doctor? Is it something to worry about? Like, yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So it is actually fairly normal. I don't know the statistic on like how, how often 
pregnant women bleed, but it's pretty normal. I did bleed with Sam when I was pregnant with him at around six weeks and it was bright red. It was like terrifying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I went in the next day and I was still bleeding and they were like, oh, you just kind of pla- passed like a clot. You know, your body's going through a lot of work and he was okay. They, it was the first ultrasound I had. They were like, oh, there's a fetus in a heartbeat. And I was oh. just shocked. I was so shocked. I was like, he's there. Um, And then they monitored me pretty closely because I was bleeding. So it is pretty normal, especially if it's like, you know, pink or, you know, it was just like really light. That is pretty normal to have some light bleeding. Always call your doctor if you have concerns. Um, But I just, I want people to know you're not alone if you do bleed during pregnancy, because it is fairly common. If you bleed a lot, that is not common. Um, So always call your doctor if you're concerned at all. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, I feel like that's a common question. Yeah, it is. A common um, question. with Charlotte, I struggled a ton with fatigue. I know you did too. It's funny. Like first trimester, you're, you're just kind of struggling. Your body's doing a lot. Like Kathy just said, I would always want to go to sleep at like 6 PM mm-hmm. and yeah. I just couldn't do anything. So what did like, I always felt for you. Cause I'm like, Oh, she has a family. She's like getting the school's lunches together. Like Alex is going to have to really come in and like give her some Nap, nap time. <laughs> well, Ruthie eats at school, so I don't make the lunch anymore, which is great. Well, dinner, um, fixing your family dinner, all, mm-hmm. all of that late night. Yeah, we just have corners. And- you know, I think doing this for the third time too, and this is my advice to people in the first trimester who have serious fatigue is just give yourself grace. Like if you order dinner for an entire week, it is what it is. You know, yeah. go pick up some food at Whole Foods that you can just pop in the oven. So I just made things really easy on myself. I gave myself grace, but yes, I would say that was my number one symptom. This pregnancy that kind of continues is just like overwhelming fatigue. And probably it's because I kind of forget I'm pregnant in the day because like our lives aren't changing very much. So we're not like, yeah, I go about my day and then I go down to clean the baseboards and I'm like, Oh, there's a baby in there or something like that. And then I hit your baseboards. No, definitely. I have not in a long time. Don't look at (laughs) it. I literally like, uh, should I be cleaning my baseboards? Yeah, you should. Side note. I know Richard's listening right now going, Sarah doesn't clean. Sarah doesn't need to clean. Well, actually that's a good thing. I'm glad you said that. Um, that's one thing when Sarah and I were going through our contract that I asked for, I said, I would like somebody to clean my house. Oh yeah. We were like done and done. done we'll and just send that cleaner over because I knew that fatigue and then ec- the extra stuff would be an issue. So like, I think if you're planning yeah. pregnancy and you know, you're about to do it, planning a cleaner to come in your, like at least once each trimester is a nice thing to do. That is a privilege. We totally understand that that sounds extra, Mm-mm. but when you have things that you're juggling and you're, you're physically compromised, it's actually a really helpful thing. I think for our loved ones around us, not to lose our minds about yes. the cleanliness, but yeah, fatigue care. Yes. That's something, any, any kind of help you can take for someone to bring you meals or someone to clean your house, like all of that can really help. But in terms of other fatigue related things, again, making sure you're eating enough is important making sure that you're hydrating is very important. Resting when you can is important. Actually exercise, I think is a big one. And people ask about that. You can exercise as you were doing before when you're pregnant, like it's rec it's said like the recommendation as practitioners, we say you can do whatever you were doing before during pregnancy. You want to avoid probably like high temperatures. So hot yoga or anything that would make you a really, really, really hot 
um, like running outside in the heat, like that you want to avoid being dehydrated and overheated. You want to avoid anything where you hold your breath for a long time. You want to avoid like twisting, but most of the time you can do what you were doing ahead of time and exercise. I think I know gives us energy. Mm -hmm. So give yourself grace on if you were exercising really hard and all of a sudden you don't have the energy to do it. Don't push yourself. Yeah. But like a small exercise can actually boost our energy. gives us some blood flow, gives us kind of a boost. So that can help a lot. Um, there's, there's not much in terms of energy and fatigue, except for eating enough, hydrating and resting. Yeah. Those are all good things to remember. And I think often people forget that it's like an opposite effect, like inner exercising actually makes you more energized. It does. Um, yeah, and that's super cool. And something good to remember, but yeah. talk to your doctor. Don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't start a new exercise routine when you get pregnant. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you said that. Um, don't do that. Take it easy. Go slow. Do we have time to talk about kombucha? Uh, yes. People always ask me about kombucha because I'm going back to the foods that you want to avoid. You want to avoid probably raw and undercooked meats. Like if you have always really loved, you know, raw foods, you want to make sure you just have a poorer immune system. Like your immune system is lower. So you can't fight off like foodborne illnesses and stuff. So you want to just make sure your meats are cooked. Well, um, I also, I don't know if this is a myth or a fact, but I've heard that kombucha kind of like wax with your hormones. If you drink too much of it, is that real? I don't know. Actually, it doesn't make sense to me in a way, but also I, I break out when I drink kombucha. I just to be too. Totally honest. And I think I had we need to look this up and we'll keep you posted and get back yeah, to posted. you. Um, because I've heard that a time or two, but well, that's interesting with the raw. Yeah. And kombucha is a different, I was talking talking about raw because a lot of people say they can't have sushi. You can have sushi. Actually, sushi has a lot of iodine from the seaweed. Just get cooked sushi. You're totally fine with sushi. Don't avoid that sushi. Actually, it's recommended in Japan to eat sushi and raw fish. I was going to say one of my favorite sushi rolls is the one with just avocado and veggies. Like, so you could, but, or you could do the cooked, you can do the cooked to make you feel better. To be totally honest, last week I ate a raw tuna poke bowl because they do in Japan when they're pregnant, it's so good for baby's brain. You got iodine, you got omega three. See, that's the, this is so controversial because I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of people think they just need to stay away from it altogether. And again, it's like your pregnancy. So if you feel nervous, you do what you want to do, but I feel confident that I got it from a safe place, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, kombucha don't make it at home when you're pregnant. A lot of people like to brew their own kombucha, when you're cooking it at home or brewing it at home, you can have more risk of like mold development and just more risk of cross-contamination. You, if you buy it out, make sure you're not getting an added alcohol version, but there is a little bit of alcohol in it, but not a ton. So that's when I usually say you can have just on, on occasion and in place of like a glass of wine or something, if you're looking for an option, but buy it, don't make it. Such good advice. Get yourself a sushi roll and a kombucha. And a kombucha. Well, and treat yourself. Yes. Don't forget to treat yourself in the first trimester because it can be rough for a lot of people. Rough. And we're glad that Kathy's on the up and up. Um, Thanks for listening. I think this wraps us up this time. I think this wraps us up. And any, I just want to remind people that we have an email. So you can email us questions. Um, it's talk to me sister at gmail.com. And that's with the number two 
email us. Kathy also, um, she's a wealth of knowledge. She has her Instagram handle, which is babyandme.nutrition. Uh, so see you, see next, you time. next time.